President Tsai Ing-wen on Thursday received the president of Paraguay, Mario Abdo Benitez, as the presidential office. The dignitary was welcomed with military honors for his last official visit as head of the state. Paraguay is set to hold a presidential election in April, and already the opposition's candidate has vowed to break official ties with Taiwan if elected. Let's hear from Tsai and Abdo. More than four years after his last visit, President Abdo Benitez is once again leading a delegation on a state visit to Taiwan. I want to extend a sincere welcome to you on behalf of the people and government of the Republic of China, Taiwan. Señora Presidenta, un refrán muy conocido por ustedes. There is a saying that is very well known by you, which says that fate brings people from afar together. And I think that has been the case for our two countries, which have had more than six decades of uninterrupted bilateral relations, which have left a deep impression on the development of the shared history of Paraguay and Taiwan's governments. The two parties witnessed the signing of an agreement for cooperation in diplomatic training and exchanges. Tsai thanked Abdo for speaking up for Taiwan's participation in international bodies and voiced hope for deeper bilateral cooperation in the future. She added that by working together as partners, the two countries could make bigger contributions to the world. The Matsu Islands have gone without a normal internet connection for more than a week now, after the underwater cables connecting with Taiwan sustained damage. It is suspected that the cables were broken by the Chinese ships sailing in the area. A weak and slow internet connection remains, but for many, it is not enough. Local representatives have called on Zhonghua Telecom to repair the system as fast as possible, and a lawmaker has suggested installing cables connecting with China to prevent outages like this in the future. Let's hear from them. Mazu's communications with the outside have been cut off completely. What are the residents here supposed to do? All of the hoteliers can't process bookings, and the high season is just around the corner. Young people have been telling me that they can go two days without food, but not without internet. This is an extremely serious matter. It's the first time in history for Mazu. Travel agents and hotels are rushing off to Jilong to take orders there and greet tourists. That's how they are coping with this. There are underwater cables connecting Jinmen and Xiamen, so why aren't there any connecting Mazu and Fuzhou? I would like to offer apologies for the inconvenience. There won't be any problems regarding the budget for repairs. Our colleagues have gone everywhere in the world to find a company that can carry out the repairs. As for the issue of an underwater cable between Mazu and Fuzhou, that wouldn't pose any technical problems. But when the matter was discussed with Zhonghua Telecom and with China Unicom, it didn't bring good results. They think it's not worth it. The telecom says the earliest a repair team will be able to arrive is April 20th. For now, a backup microwave transmission system has restored some connection in the area. And plans are underway to bring more equipment from Nantou and Pingdong to prop connection speeds up from the current 2.2 gigabytes per second to 3.8. Installation is expected to be completed in mid-March. As tensions between the U.S. and China simmer yet again, U.S. Deputy Secretary of State Wendy Sherman on Wednesday discussed the potential impacts of a conflict in the Taiwan Strait. 
According to Sherman, the war in Ukraine is an example of how a potential conflict could affect global economic security. Let's hear more of what she had to say. With tensions escalating between the U.S. and China over spy balloons, U.S. Deputy Secretary of State Wendy Sherman was invited to the Brookings Institution, a Washington think tank, to talk on the Taiwan Strait. Fifty percent of all shipping at one point or another goes through the Taiwan Strait. So if there is conflict in the Taiwan Strait, it's not just a matter of security for Asia. Uh, it is a matter of economic security for the entire world. Sherman used the war in Ukraine as an example, saying it has led to an energy and food crisis and increased global inflationary pressure. This also applies to the Taiwan Strait, she says, where the world would suffer in the event of an incident. Sherman said that the U.S. would act in accordance with the Taiwan Relations Act, the three communiques, and the six assurances, emphasizing that the U.S. strongly supports Taiwan's self-defense. She also urged other countries to warn Chinese leader Xi Jinping against an attack on Taiwan. That policy has not changed. Um, our one China policy stands. Uh, we will continue to assist uh, Taiwan. We hope that um, the PRC does not use a visit by a member of Congress to Taiwan as a pretext uh, for military action. In August 2022, former U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi made a visit to Taiwan, which China used as a pretext to conduct large-scale military exercises near Taiwan. After new House Speaker Kevin McCarthy took office, giving rise to reports of a potential trip to Taiwan, China once again sent out a shrill warning. McCarthy stood firm, saying that China cannot tell him where he can go and cannot go. Besides the Taiwan Strait, Sherman also had comments on the spy balloon incident. The PRC has said it was a weather balloon. We know that not to be the case. They have now said that there have been a gazillion balloons by the U.S. over China. That is absolutely not true. There are no U.S. government balloons over China, period. From Chinese military exercises to spy balloons, each provocation continues to stir U.S.-China tensions, and security in the Taiwan Strait is once again thrust under the international spotlight. The executive yuan on Thursday approved a proposal from the Ministry of the Interior to offer mortgage sub subsidies of 30,000 NT. The one-off payments could benefit as many as 550,000 households. The move comes after four straight quarters of interest rate hikes by the central bank, which have put pressure on home buyers. The bill is expected to reach its third reading at the legislative yuan in April. The subsidies will be available for households who own only one property and who had an income of less than 1.2 million NT in 2021. For Taipei residents, the mortgage can be up to 8.5 million NT for a residence valued at maximum of 12 million NT. In the rest of Taiwan, the mortgage is capped at 7 million NT for a home of no more than 10 million NT. The mortgages must have been granted before February 28th 2023. The National Health Insurance Administration has announced changes to copay fees, which could take effect as early as April. A reform had initially been planned for May last year, but was postponed due to COVID. Now officials are mulling implementing changes in two stages. 
The first stage is to set to bring higher copays for prescriptions affecting about seven million people. The policy's goal isn't to increase medical fees; it's to lead people to better use medical resources. The newly appointed head of the NHIA, Shi Tongliang, says health insurance copays will go up as early as April. Patients will remain exempt from copays for prescriptions costing less than 100 NT at local clinics and smaller hospitals. However, the copay cap for prescriptions over that amount will be raised to 200 NT. At bigger local hospitals and medical centers, copay grading will be removed and the cap raised to 300 NT. In addition, the administration is also mulling higher copays for patients with mild symptoms who go to the ER at bigger hospitals and health centers. If those copays are raised, the fees for patients with severe symptoms could go down. The changes to ER copays could affect about one million people every year. Even more people will be affected by the prescription copay fees. The prescription copay hike, if it doesn't result in people changing their behavior, will impact about seven million people. The administration says that due to the broadness and diversity of medical tests and checkups, they will not be included in the first stage of copay revisions. The matter will be assessed multiple times before a final decision is made. If in April the only changes that take effect are for prescriptions and ER visits, I think it won't be enough to raise awareness about pricing reform. The main reason it is being implemented in two stages is to see whether hospitals are ready for such a change or not. It's not about the general public. Taiwan College of Healthcare Executive Head Hong Ziren says that the key to making the healthcare system more effective is to get people used to paying fees for medical services and not abuse the system. Staff and kids at an elementary school in Taitung have been shocked by a rare occurrence in their backyard. The school has a meadow full of plum trees, which bloomed at Lunar New Year. And this year, the plum blossoms at Lijia Elementary have bloomed a second time. The agriculture experts say the rarity is a sign of climate chaos. Silver blossoms cover the trees as far as the eye can see. This plum blossom meadow is part of Taidong Lijia Elementary. It looks just like a normal meadow, but for staff and students here, it's a miracle. This is the second time the flowers have bloomed this year. They bloom and fruit like this every year, but this is the first time I've seen them bloom a second time. The plum trees bloomed from New Year's Day on, and green plums already started appearing. So we were shocked when we started the semester on Monday and saw they had bloomed again. It's very rare. When it happens, it's usually just one or two buds, not all of them blooming in profusion like this. The teachers discovered the strange sight when they brought students out to attend class among the trees behind the school. They've even found a branch that has both fruit growing and blossoms opening. Plums need some warmth to blossom. If it's not warm enough, the flowers get delayed. The buds that are preparing to open get slightly held up and late, so that means it will all take a bit longer. Experts from Taidong Agricultural Research and Extension Station say that as the climate crisis continues, strange anomalies like this will become more and more commonplace. Thursday was a special day for military aviation fans. 
a famed South Korean aerobatic team called the Black Eagles made a seven-hour stopover in Taiwan to refuel before flying onward to their final destination in Australia. Fans from all walks of life gathered at Kaohsiung International Airport at the crack of dawn to get photos of sleek T-50B jets painted in their trademark black, white and yellow. Let's get a closer look. As the T-50B jet trainers come into view, military enthusiasts squeeze their shutter buttons in hopes of capturing the elegant aircraft on camera. A fleet of nine T-50B jet trainers from South Korea's Black Eagles Air Force aerobatic team and one C-130 transport aircraft landed at Kaohsiung International Airport in four groups early Thursday morning stopping for just seven hours to refuel before continuing on to the Philippines and Indonesia. They are later scheduled to fly into Melbourne, Australia on February 21st, where they'll be participating in the Australian International Air Show. Military enthusiasts who got word of the stopover gathered at the best viewpoints early in the morning lugging professional photography equipment. For shooting general aircraft, I use a telephoto focal lens and a telephoto zoom lens. That's a focal length of 200 to 500. I was in a hurry to get out here, so I didn't bring my cot this time. I just slept in the car. This fan came all the way from Nanto along with his cat in a van he converted into a living space. Some high school students even skipped class to get a glimpse of the black eagles. Recently, I suddenly got obsessed with planes and they happened to be coming. I knew they were coming last year but didn't follow it then. These jets attract extra attention due to their livery, yellow and white lines on a black body. The eye-catching aircraft are very different from ordinary fighter planes. They're trainer jets, and they're Korea-made. When it comes to fighter aircraft, it's a novelty and a rare opportunity for them to transit through Taiwan. T-50Bs have visited Kaohsiung International Airport many times in the past for refueling. It's been half a year since their last visit, but their unique appearance still grabs people's attention. An exhibition of lanterns in the shape of famous buildings is lighting up Xinchu this February. The landmarks have been painstakingly crafted from cardboard by amateur lantern artist Zheng Zhongliang. Visitors to the exhibition at Xinchu City God Temple can admire replicas of famous sites like Xinchu East Gate and Kyoto's Kinkakuji Temple. At the touch of a button, a dozen famous buildings from Taiwan and abroad light up. Models that were already fascinating become enthralling. No attention to detail has been spared. The shape of the columns at Xinju East Gate has been carefully reproduced. There are perfect replicas of the phoenixes on Kyoto's Kinkakuji, which attracts the focus of visitors. This lantern event at Xinju City God Temple has plenty of lanterns to welcome in the Year of the Rabbit. They also have these landmark-shaped lanterns made from cardboard by retired electrician and plumber Zheng Zhongliang.
I made LVTs when I was in the Marines, that is, amphibious assault vehicles. Because of my family, I couldn't carry on that kind of cardboard art. So I waited until I had retired from working in utilities, and then I had time to start exploring these things. Zheng made model army vehicles as a young man, which piqued his interest in paper arts. Now, after a suggestion from his brother, he switched to making buildings. My brother said to me, there's lots of Tenshu castle towers in Japan. Go and take a look and then see if you can make one. They take at least six months to make. It's very labor intensive, even though it's cardboard. One model takes half a year of work, but for Zheng, it's a pleasure. He takes it as a training in patience, and the visitors to the exhibition can enjoy the results. When we get sick, we go to a doctor. If an animal gets sick, we call the vet. But do you know what to do when you see a sick plant? Oh, that's easy. Call the tree surgeon. Tree surgeons are experts in treating disease, trees, and caring of plants of all sorts. Today, we meet Zhan Mingxun, assistant professor of tree surgery at National Jiayi University. He's using a stress wave instrument to measure the health of older trees and then decide how to treat them. Here in Haomei Borough in Jiayi's Budai Township, this group is measuring the height of a tree and checking for any irregularities. It's a class in tree surgery. The professors of tree surgery from National Jiayi University take students into the countryside to take care of plants in local communities and parks. They use special instruments to perform a checkup on this elderly tree. This white jade orchid tree has a diseased hole in its trunk. There's just one layer of sapwood left beneath the bark. That's causing problems in circulating water and nutrients, and the tree's not in great health. The vascular bundle of this sapwood is like the veins and arteries of a human being. If your arteries are blocked or restricted, you can't circulate water and nutrients. So this test is the first step. The second step is to see whether this decay is still ongoing. Usually a tree develops decay because of a wound from a serious pruning that didn't heal. To help protect old trees and preserve their gifts for the next generation, the wisdom of tree surgeons is invaluable.